most important thing in business is honesty, integrity, hard work. You uh, somebody? Uh, when I need proof, I pray that I find the truth. Feel like it's pulling my tooth and what's done in the dark. Slowly letting me loose, my love right by my side. She know I ain't got no goof. Picture me tossing in my sleep. I'm fighting demons alone. She hugging me, screaming, We. Picture somebody bringing life to your life. Got the plug, told Virgil, right wife on my wife. Nigga, easy. stuff that's going on in Philadelphia lately um, with the amount of black women who are getting shot up and stuff like that um, over domestic, domestic violence uh, and children and children um, I do have a question what would the mentality of protecting black women in the past compared to now I don't know if black women were ever protected protected right um, you know we we have been in this. We have been in this uh, subordinate position as as black men for a very long time, historically. You know, um, one of the things that we learned very early on was that white women like big booties, just like black men like big booty. And so, you know, they would be in the slave quarters, having mulatto babies. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you had poor poor slave owners who said, "Well, you know, I can't afford, I can't afford a, a stud." You know the, the six, the six eight Negro with the big hands to come in and, and make me, you know, breed stock. I I have to make them myself. So I go out and I, you know, I get me a gal and I do what I do. And so our black women historically haven't been protected, and black women have been, you know, have been assaulted and and, and brutalized. And within our community, I think that amongst ourselves, we've had this this connotation of. Um, you know, as men, we, we try our best to to protect our women, uh-huh. and we, we use you know we use our egos, and I feel like we, we brutalize each other more than we brutalize the enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, but on a whole, it, it's hard for me to see where where black women have been have been truly protected because, and now they're just they're almost as masculine as we are in some cases more. So. Yeah, I say is you not to cut you off. No, um, it's okay. It's kind of like a lose lose. Mm-hmm. For real, for real, like if you think like in slavery times, like you you had that 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 black man, that strong black man, he was mm-hmm. married to whatever black woman on that mm-hmm. plantation, um, that slave owner would probably mm-hmm. rape yeah. his wife. Right. Yeah. He can either he can either protect her and die, over and die, mm-hmm. or not protect her and have his wife look at him crazy, but at least he's still here to raise mm-hmm. their kids. So it's kind of like, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm still alive, and I can still raise my family, or, or raise, raise my kids, and mm-hmm. still have a wife. But now my wife is like never looking at me the same because I allowed because that. Because you white weren't man able to, to protect her. Yeah, so it's kind of like it's. I feel like it's a lose lose. Yeah, used to um, tie people to the four horses back in the day. Drawn quarter. They would t- yeah, and then they would pretty much dare, dare. I dare you to jump. Uh-huh. And the first one jump getting killed. So it's like it's four horses and you're gonna smack them, they're gonna run. And they're gonna go in different directions. Yeah, it's called drawing and quartering. And I'm just like, wow. Like, that's crazy. 
Right. You, but right. all that ties in to the trauma, the brutalization that we do to each other. Yeah. Because right. there is it, a toxic masculinity has been developed. Whereas, okay, even going back to the slavery time, okay, I got to take this from that white man, but nigga, I ain't got to take it from you. Right. Facts. Mm-hmm. Right. Facts. Right. And, and I, I, I can think kill you. That, if you're okay, incorrect. And that's where the hyper masculinity comes in from right. because we can't. We can't go at the 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 greater or not greater, but the larger society that way. So all of that anger and frustration that that would be targeted towards that that larger society that the larger society that we live in uh-huh. gets targeted at each other. Right. Because I can't go at Mister Charlie the way that I can go at mm-hmm. Tyrone. So Tyrone won't catch Mister Charlie's ass whooping too. And mm-hmm. even if you look at <laughs> domestic abuse with the black families, like oh you gonna beat me down too? You think you gonna beat me down? I gotta listen to this this man all day. Right. Beat me down all day, stopping me all day. Yeah. I can't go back and forth, move as I wanna move. I'm gonna move the way I wanna move in here. Mm-hmm. If I have to beat you to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I never yeah. looked at it like that. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean I mean it doesn't way. make it right, but no, no it doesn't make it right, it but it speaks never, to Yeah, I never thought of it that way. It's also like, stimming. Yeah, you don't you don't have and you don't have to agree, but you know, you can understand the genesis. Right, right, like, right. Like where it comes from. Like I don't agree with you know anybody having put feeling that they got. If I got to put my hands on a female, I don't need to be with. Correct. Because that right. means that that means that either I'm wrong or that she can't get with the program. Either way, we don't need to be together. See, and regarding that, like back in the day, um, just watching things growing up and observing when it used to be certain domestic violence situations back in the day, mm-hmm. the men would either you know leave or something along those lines now you have men out here just straight out killing women in cold blood straight shooting them just straight shooting them that i mean so it's like it's like it's to me it's like we're uh, we're at war or not we but our culture is at war themselves definitely killing our matriarchs for stuff that they can either a walk away or you know like back in the day when i know people used to have like Get your sister to knock her out. You know what I mean? Like, if you got beef with her, get your sister to fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Get, your, get, your, get your cousin to knock her out. You know what I mean? But shooting people, you know, shooting our women in, in cold blood during the day and other people seeing it, it's just like, oh, well, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it feels like definitely times have changed even from 30, 40 years ago. Yeah, it's, it's no value for human life. Um, Coming from coming from us and our and our bloodline, mm-hmm. where you know where Big George was like Big George was a second generation spousal abuser, like like he basically killed our grandmother. Yeah, he, he beat like he he beat her to the point where she became an alcoholic and all the other stuff that we not even going to talk about mm-hmm. on here because it's like you know it's a lot it's a lot like. He basically beat her to the point where she drank herself to death. But he had a drinking problem. But too. he had a drinking problem. But here's the thing: his father did the same thing to his mother. So our great grandmother, the one we got the picture of. Mm-hmm. So, our, so it was it was big big George. Yeah, big big gotcha. George was an abuser, and he beat his wife to death basically. Beat mm-hmm. her until depression, whatever sets in. She checked I out. Did, no. She he <clears> passed <throat> that on to his son. Who passed that on to our fathers? Mm-hmm. And so our the other two didn't do that, if I'm not mistaken. Who? I didn't hear about Uncle Gordy and Uncle Garrett. Well, Uncle Garrett was paralyzed after yeah, his situation, but yeah. I, don't, I didn't hear about. No, Uncle Gordy, no. I don't think so. Gotcha. But Uncle, but but our fathers. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know our fathers for sure. Our fathers, they didn't, they didn't know how to keep their hands off. That's why they got along so much. Yeah, and and so 
you know, they inherited that. My my father was as the oldest. He caught it. He caught it all. Yeah. And that's why his siblings loved him as much as they as they did because he was absorbing a lot of that punishment. Mm-hmm. You know, if one of our aunts got out of line or one of our uncles got out of line, he stepped in and take that ass with him. Mm-hmm. And that was a brutal ass with him. Yeah. And so he passed that on. So a lot of that, a lot of that abuse that goes on in our communities, that, that's generate, it's multi generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, too much and, and you and you deal with that and you deal with women who are accustomed to that. Like mm-hmm. there, there's a saying in, in Latin communities, you know, I got I got uh, Puerto Rican baby mamas. <laughs> That's what, so they they will tell they will tell you like oh well you know she don't act right unless you put a hand you put your hands on her. yeah where there are women who have who have who have normalized the abuse as and and have internalized it as love so it's like if you don't if you don't, if you don't if you're not beating on me you don't love me you don't yeah and so they will push you to that point. To make you want to do that. And you have to be, as a man, you have to be strong enough, self-respect, boundaries. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not putting my hands on you. you and that, that's what you want from me? I got to bounce. Like, because I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm not catching no cases. I'm not dealing with none of that stuff. You you can you can go ahead on about your business. But the the, the abuse at this point, I just think it's, it's like multiple generations of, like, abuse and the, the gun culture. And, you know, you, if you want to say hip hop and all the other stuff, like, I, I guess you can. I mean, it's like it's, it's life imitating art at this point because um, kids talk that talk now. They like, I'm, I'm a shooter. I'm a this. I'm a that. They talk heavy. Yeah. Right? And they and they, that's what they do now. Because one of the most heartbreaking things when I see it, it just drives me crazy. If I see a young mother with her like toddler son and she's just cussing him oh I yeah hate yeah him. come on you little yeah woman. yeah yeah and my yeah. heart just breaks because i'm looking like he coming to my class in about 10 years and i'm gonna have some work to do yeah because and it's fixing, yeah, that's fixing damaged. Damaged. yeah yeah that's, now that you yeah. put it like that yeah yes yeah. and so he's right there building uh anger and animosity towards women yeah shar just sent sent me a john on um instagram it was a uh it was a picture of a young. It was a picture of two young boys. Both of their eyes was closed. They was facing each other. But the caption read, um, "The young one, the, the the one young boy that was that was there was uh, he was just having a moment, like cursing everybody out, having the attitude and stuff like that. And the other young boy went up to his teacher and was like, um, can I pray with him? Mm, wow! And they just started praying. Wow. And I was like, like a lot of men don't even do that." Like we have these conversations, yeah, yeah. but we haven't prayed. I think we prayed together one time, yeah, once or twice, once or twice. Mm-hmm. Like it was to the point where last night, um, <laughs> we sit on the couch. Right, we had a moment after we was talking about Miss Lisa passing away, and um, you know how I just be saying random stuff, and y'all be like, "What are y'all doing? Like, what are you talking about?" I was like, "Everybody hold hands," and me and Monty was like, "What?" <laughs> and I just started praying, and T.Y. was like. And as I'm praying, I looked at him like, close your eyes. But I was like, yeah, like those type things, man. Like, so when you say like you going to deal with that that child, yeah, like yeah. even if it's not him, it's going to be somebody. Right. Like that's a superpower. That's a superpower right there, and that's an awesome thing for you to show your son that you are the servant priest of your home. 
Because yeah. you got to be a priest in your home. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And it's regardless of whatever your faith system is, it's your job to instill that belief system in mm-hmm. your children mm-hmm. and, and to have that in your home and, and to have that as a power that's something that you can lean on that's greater than you. A lot of that stuff is, are things that these young men don't know because all you hear is, man, I'm out here, I'm about to get this bread. And like, his mom will act up and go upside his head with this child. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what you hear. Yeah. So they don't, they don't have... They don't have again. It's, it's training. Like manhood is not something that you just. Oh yeah, I can. You know, I can. I can. I can skeet, and I now I'm a man. Uh-huh. No, it's not like that. This is a process. You got to go through some things. You know, one of the things that I, that I talk about, like you, um, I'm, I'm low key. I'm kind of working on the book. I'm just throwing it out there because I am. But minding <laughs> that black man's business. <laughs> <laughs> um, one one of one of the things that um I, I talk about is just that men, especially in our community. There's no pathway to manhood. There are no rites of passage, no rituals. Right. Like you think about the, in, in Judaism. Talk about this a little bit? In, yeah. Mm-hmm. In Judaism, you have like the bar mitzvah right. where you got to learn how to read the Torah. Like you're not a man. You're not a man in that community, in that faith community until, excuse me, you can stand up in front of your peers and and read the Torah. You know, and that, that's a process. Like in, in, in our culture, in, in African culture, there are rites of passage that you got to go. Mm-hmm. You got to learn how to hunt. You got to learn how to, you know, take care of certain things before you can call yourself a man. Because we don't have those rites of passage, we have boys, grown, grown boys, right. boys right. Right. walking around thinking that they're men. And they don't they haven't they haven't performed the things that they needed to perform to be considered men. And because we don't have that community of men, we don't have the, the means to hold each other accountable because one of those things could quite easily be. Our woman must be protected at all costs. Uh-huh. Our woman must be poured into and nurtured and loved at all costs. Because those are the women who are going to raise our sons. Because that, to me, that that is the most powerful position that a woman has in your life. Is to raise your sons and teach your sons to respect you and value you and listen to you when you are not there. Uh-huh. And because we don't, because we don't protect these women, you have women who have a negative aspect of men. Men mm-hmm. of trash, men of dogs, men ain't shit, blah, 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 blah. And now they're raising sons. Mm-hmm. Walking around, carrying this mentality, pouring this mentality into their sons. So what do they son think? I'm a dog. I ain't shit. So how do you think they're going to act? I'm going to act like I'm a dog. I'm going to go out here. I'm going to hump everything that's going to let me hump on it. I ain't shit. So I'm going to act dirty. I'm going to be grimy. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to do nothing. Mm-hmm. And so it all comes back. To me, it begins and ends with us. It begins and ends with us taking accountability for the kids, that even the kids that aren't ours. And saying, you know what? I'm going to create something that we're going to t- we're going to mention. We're going to create a framework. Jackie. Yeah, we're, we're going to we're going to create yeah, we're going to create a framework of what manhood is. Mm-hmm. We're going to define we're going to define the parameters of what manhood is, and we're going to disseminate that throughout our culture and say, this is what you are. To me, it's like you got to be you have to be strong. You have to be you have to be a man of substance. You have to have a skill, and you have to be a steward. Those four things. And he everything said that way together. better than I said it with the whole Jackie situation. That's basically yeah. what I just said. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Well, your verbiage, oh, I love it. I, I've, been, I've been working. I've been working. I've been working. Um, but you have to have those. You have to have those four things in place mm-hmm. because father, husbandry, being a husband, is built on top of that. And then being a father is built on top of being a husband because you can't have, you can't have, you can't be a husband until you're a man. Period. Like in a lot of people, you literally just touched on all three. Y'all just touched on the the next three questions. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm literally. I'm sorry. I don't want to stop. But do you got anything to add there before we go to the next question about that? 
No. He's, uh, he's saying it all. Uh, <laughs> he's saying it all, man. You know? You? Um, no, I mean, I can I can go deeper, but ask your question because I, I want to. All right. I'm, I'm going to veer off just a little bit. When was the last time y'all cried outside of death? And it's going to lead into the next question after that as well. I'm a punk ass. I cry for everything. No. <laughs> Me too, <laughs> man. <laughs> um, I want to I say... Uh, probably the last time that I cried outside of death. You acting like everybody or just like the OGs? Oh, OGs. I mean, if y'all got a, a, a story was, that's was, worthy of hearing. I'm shocked. <laughs> yeah, I, I think for me, the last time I cried had to be, um, I think I was watching a movie with my sons and there was, there was just this moment, um, between like the father and son. I don't even remember the movie at this point. And whenever I see those things. Like that, it, it does something to me. Like that, those signs of loyalty, that signs of love between a father and a son, that shit, like, I'm ready to cry now. Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> so now, now, now I don't feel bad for setting a tear down uh, King Richard. Oh, I almost cried. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, I know. I, I, I moved there like, woo! Kids to see that. Woo! Touch it like, you all right? I said, yes. <laughs> like, the, yo, don't, get it. those aren't tears. That's just my awesome. Thing. No, that's yeah. tears, big fella. <laughs> yeah, like I'll have those moments watching something and well up. I wanted the tears fall. Yeah, up. yeah. But that's the first time I. Actually, I mean, the last time I actually like cried tears. I was working, and they came to tell this kid that his father had just gotten shot on a corner. Oh, oh wow. god, damn! And I don't know why I lost it. I just lost it. I'm like. Y'all were telling this like now, yeah. But they weren't gonna tell him in the classroom. They were gonna pull him out, but they were telling me why they're coming to get him. Oh, so you cried when they told you? So, so Tony literally was holding me in her arms in the hallway because I just kept thinking. I remember when uh when my brother was killed and yeah, how yeah, I was yeah, like because yeah, yeah. I was like twelve or thirteen. I it, I just I lost it. I melted. Well, so was it a flashback? Like you thinking about your brother? I know. I was just... thinking about the impact it's gonna have on this kid. Got gotcha. change his whole life mm-hmm. when they yeah. take him out of here. Got gotcha. you. Okay. It's an inflection right. moment. Yeah, it, it was like I'm like wow. And then after it was up, I was like, I can't believe I just like broke, <laughs> just yeah. broke like that. Yeah, well, I don't know. I wouldn't say I really cried, but I teared up when you. <laughs> I told you. I told you. Yeah, yeah, I told you. I told you. I said, you <laughs> met, now, I'm sorry. You said because when when you said it, he looked. He was like. Really? And I was like, so shaking the plate. Yeah, the plate <laughs> shaking a little bit. I said, bro. I said, he gonna go home. He gonna, he gonna cry later. He was like, Dad, it's okay for you to do something. He said, I'm in touch with my physical self. <laughs> I said, he about to go home and cry. <laughs> oh man. Oh, I do remember now. Um, I think it was the last time I heard uh, he saw the best of me by Marvin Sapp. Because for me, it was like, um, I've been with my wife for, it'll be five years. I ain't crying. <laughs> it'll be, hey, be, hey, be five years in March. And um, Been married I, or been with her? We've been with her. Like We've been married uh, one year at this point. But okay. we've both been married before. And I think we kind of both carry, like I carry, I always say I carry the spirit of a husband. So even when, even when I was single, I carry the spirit of a husband. We anyway. get into that. Okay, okay. We get so, into that. So what it was was that... Um, you know, we bought a house at the at the end of last year, and I'm like, damn, like I met this woman. And Time my out. Mom, Sidebar: You bought a house. Mm-hmm. How was the market when you bought it during COVID? Um, it was it was at it was kind of like here, like it went. It's, it's kind of like here now, 
I bought it like right here. It was just starting to go up. The prices were just starting to spike. Um, I got basically got forced out of my condo. We were living in a condo at, at, at during COVID. And um, our, our condo was part of a REIT. You guys know what a REIT is? No, I don't. A real estate investment trust. Gotcha. So basically, that's mm-hmm. when a company owns a bunch of properties and they get the, the cash flow and the, the the appreciation they pay that out to whoever. So mm-hmm. I, my, my condo was part of a REIT that was owned by U.S. Bank, which is out in the Midwest. They said, hey, you want to buy your condo? I'm like, hell yeah, I want to buy this condo. I love this condo. Um, and I knew what the rates were. I knew what the market was. The market was like somewhere in the neighborhood of like 200 uh-huh. for this condo. Um, they came back to me and said, oh yeah, we'll sell it to you. We want 270 I was like, dang, the market boss. And they was like, we don't care. That's what we want. So I countered them. I said, all right, you know what? I'll be generous. I'll give you 220 They said, pound sand. And me and my wife, we came to, we had, or yeah, me and my wife, we had a powwow. I was like, all right, well, what are we going to do? And she was, and I was like, we can either find another place to rent or we can buy a house. And I'm like, screw it, let's buy a house. And so off we went looking at houses, figured out where we wanted to stay. Like we found out our neighborhood was way too expensive for us because uh, we, we bougie. So um, <laughs> we ended up, we ended up leaving Middlesex County, moving into Mercer County. Um, and we found a place that was actually really, really, it was perfect for us because um, we found out after the fact that the previous owners were getting divorced. And so they went out. They hated each other's guts. Uh, and it was like, take this thing, please. That was a, that's a nice house, so, though. So we hit them. So, you know, <clears> I, <throat> had I known that they were getting divorced, I probably would have hit them at like 340. So we ended up hitting them at like 360. And it was like two hours. Yeah, come get this junk. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> man, like me and Shar is banking on, like, not not banking on, like, mm-hmm. sorry if people will lose their home because of the pandemic. Oh, yeah, it's coming. <laughs> so I don't want to sound like insensitive. Houses and cars, but we 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 banking on somebody that, that's oh, yeah. losing like three fifty, and we getting it for like two seven. I told, <laughs> listen, man. Like right now, my my appraised value is is stupid, and I and I told my wife, I said, yo, if somebody come us knocking knocking on our door, and they want to give us this crazy ass asking price, I'm gonna be like, we gonna be at your mom. Like, I'm not mad at that. Like, like y'all come, y'all come get this job. I'm cashing out. Yeah, we gonna be, we gonna be at your mom's house until, until the, until the, uh, until the bubble pop, and then we are gonna go buy a castle. Yeah, like, we, we put a everything because when the, when the bubble pop, all this stuff that's out here right now that they want like five hundred and seven hundred thousand dollars for is gonna come back down to like three hundred. I'm gonna be like, bang, yeah. I'm out of here. But you said that was well, but, that, but, that, but that but that was but that was the point. Like, you know, we when I met her, I was I was kinda like fresh out of my previous relationship. I was with that woman for ten years uh-huh. and it was it was just a bad joint. So I'm kinda like licking my wounds and I meet this woman and I'm like, I'm really not like you you I don't know if you guys when you single, you like, let me get a couple of flings, couple of little, you know what I mean, is out here, get my so my so my oats a little bit because I'm uh-huh. back on the market. I'm and um, I met her, and I met her early in my process, and I was like, "Oh shit!" This, I, can't. I was like, "Damn!" I was like, "Damn, God, this is how you gonna do me?" It's like I'm supposed to smoke my whole face. Like God, it's supposed to be my whole face. How you gonna do it to me like this? And it was like, no. I was like, this is the one I was, this I was saving this one just for you. And I, you know, I'm I'm bringing her, I'm doing the rounds, and um, I'm doing the rounds, and I'm introducing her to everybody, and. Um, I introduced her to my dad, and my dad's like, "You ain't ready for nothing yet. Just go out there, enjoy yourself." And when he met her, he was like, "Well, if you ain't ready, you better get ready because this, this the one right here." Yeah. And I was like, "No, Dad." I was like, "Beautiful face, but beautiful face." Anyway, um, when I met her, I was like, "That was it. Turned, jumped off all this stuff." Anyway, but.
but five years. <laughs> right, right? <laughs> I, 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 can, I can go, man. I can talk. I'm a talker. So anyway, I meet, I meet this woman, and it was like we were we met. We, we got the condo. We went from the condo to the house. We got married in that process. And I'm like, yo, in five years, my whole life turned around. Uh-huh. You know? And I, and I had some lows. I had some serious lows. And it's like, he saw the best in me. <laughs> when everyone else around could only see the worst. <laughs> Boom! Waterworks. I'm good. crying and everything. My wife looking at me, rub me on the back, scoring, baby. I'm like, so the best. So yeah, yeah that's what's up, man. Um, how y'all feel about black men going to therapy? I'm in therapy now. Did what was it like a? Uh, did you like? Have a standoff with with therapy, like not at all. Um, like I, you knew, like you knew, like I need this, or like like what, like what point, like when what got you to that point to say, man, let me sit down with somebody. Um, just the amount of change in my life <laughs> after he saw the best in him. Yeah, that's all the best in me. <laughs> but no, that it wasn't. That wasn't my first time in therapy. Like I went through some stuff about ten years ago. And um, I had to do some anger management, and um, that kind of that was my first foray into therapy. And then I went into therapy again after my breakup, because I'm like, I don't want to carry, I don't want to carry nothing. I don't want to carry any of this baggage. Yeah, I don't want to carry any of this baggage into my next relationship. So I had to sit down with somebody, kind of figure out what I did wrong, what I should be owning versus what you know had nothing to do with me, and get that out. And now I'm in therapy, kind of just like a checkup. Like I just need to make sure my head is on straight. I'm looking at stuff the right way. Um, having that, having that impartial, um, that impartial feedback, where it's like this person has no agenda, and what and what I got going on. So I can just kind of talk to them and do like that mental download. Like, am I looking at this the right way? Am I evaluating this situation the right way? Should I maintain this relationship? Should I let it go? Uh-huh. That kind of like roll all the way back to the beginning. Uh-huh. Like you need you need to have that that checkup from the neck up just to make sure that you're doing the you're doing your level best in any situation. It's valuable, man. Especially with again, we have a culture that's predicated on trauma. Trauma is a, is a coin of the realm in our community. So it's like you got to be able to process that trauma in a productive way. If you don't, it again that foundation. If you anybody that owns a house, you know if you got foundation issues, what you gonna see? You gonna see cracks. Mm-hmm. And what happens is wherever that crack is, that crack will right up the building. You see them studs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you see, so and that and that like if we when we go back to that whole you know foundation manhood father mm-hmm. husbandry fatherhood, it's the same thing. If you got a crack in that foundation, that crack will right up that building impact. All that sure is. I'm not averse to therapy. I've never gone to therapy. I'm huge into self reflection. Like, you being a teacher, might you might be the therapist. <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of yeah, a, a therapist, right? right? I, 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 I'm very, very keenly aware of what I'm doing it, why I'm doing it, when I'm wrong, and when I need to move forward with confidence. Uh-huh. Like, because I, I, I constantly self reflect. Like, it's it's just it's just something that I do. It's just innate for me to do that. So I, I can, like, some days I might end the day thinking, you really, really messed that up today. You shouldn't have did this. You made a good, here's something I don't think we do enough. People don't pat themselves on the back enough. Truth. As men, I don't think we I do. don't. Yeah. yeah. True. Like, I like don't. you got to do that, too. Like, we, a lot of times we think about therapy and we think about fixing what's wrong. 
but sometimes therapy is about applauding what's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, the reason why I don't do that is because I feel like it's it's more that I got I got get to. Like if I if I've like where I'm at right now in life, mm-hmm. like I probably could pat myself on the back, like especially within the past five years, but I still feel like. It's like change. way more than right. I want to tell you. Yeah, and it, but it doesn't even have to be that deep. Like sometimes it's just like, Reg, you really impacted that kid today. He's thinking differently. Yeah. You see the light bulb go off. Like I saw something. I did something today. Okay. This kid, this one, it might have just been that one kid, but it's like, I did something today. And I'm going to walk with that. Because that's that that brings me back to work tomorrow. Because I'm like, there's another one in here today. Mm-hmm. Another one, yeah. There's one more I can catch. Yeah. Before the teacher is almost like ministry. Yeah, mm. like I don't. The, it, I have students where I don't care if you learn one math problem today. I'm trying to do an attitude adjustment today. Yeah. I need you in this room just so that you right. can be around me. Right. That's why you need, you need to. And I'm gonna tell you that my 23 years, I probably recommended that maybe two people be suspended because I can't help you at home. Yeah. I can't help you if you're home. I need you right here. As a black teacher, is that like? Uh... Do you think that's like a lot of black teachers' sentiment? Well, see, I I have the luxury of being in a school like, like only regardless of the the, the uh, subject you teach. Yeah, I think regardless of the subject, but the the fact that I'm in an African centered charter school because only two percent of black male in Philadelphia are black male teachers. We on yeah. in this was, whole city. They was trying to. They was trying. They've been trying to heavily recruit trying to black yeah. teachers for ever since wow. we was like in like high school. Yeah. yeah. That sounds crazy because, like, when I be doing lift and I drop, I see black teachers. Like, they black teachers. Yeah, but it's black teachers. Black, 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 well, black, black male teachers. I see black, right. ma- black male teachers. But when you think about uh, the teaching force, workforce being about 250,000 strong, mm-hmm. it's, it's my so, new number. So, 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 so when I was, I can count all my black teachers. When I was, eight, when I was 18, um, trying to decide what college I'm going to go to, um, my pastor's husband brought, brought forth some information for me. He said, yo, you can go to Clark Atlanta on a free ride. The only thing is you have to be a teacher. That wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't feel like, man, I didn't, I didn't want to be a teacher. That wasn't my goal. Uh-huh. But they was going to give me a full ride to go to Clark Atlanta. All I had to do was agree to be a teacher after I graduated. I had to, that had to be my major and it had to be, be a teacher for like five years. Wow. Yeah, that, like, that's one of, that's one of the, uh, one of the few categories that um, the government gives loan forgiveness for. Mm-hmm. If you're a teacher, they'll forgive all your student loans. Which is why I still don't understand why teachers are underpaid compared to police. You spend billions of dollars a year on the police force and not enough it's on teachers. I mean, I know it's by design. It's like, it just make, doesn't make they, sense, they period. But the profession was originally created with mostly white Jewish women in mind. They were just supposed to be supplementing their husband's income. Yep. So that, that's where the income structure came from. Wow. So it wasn't designed. It was. It wasn't even supposed to be a profession that men in general went into, regardless of color. Yeah. So it was. It was supposed to be a low wage paying job for women. No, we to give you the basics because yeah. you're supposed to be working in a factory. Yeah. Once you turn once you turn fifteen, you're supposed to be working in a factory from nine to five for the next sixty years. So it don't matter. But I've definitely seen a difference <laughs> now. Being when I was in the public school system, where I would do maybe be like two black men in the building, I see the. I see why it's necessary because uh-huh. behaviors that other teachers want to suspend kids for. I mean, I've been in schools where the teachers say, well, we're never taking them on trips. I took a class on a trip one time. They're like, you taking them somewhere? 
anywhere. Yeah. Once I got out, like, and it's almost like you're saying, like, you take me to outside of this school. Where's the way I took it? They took it. I took it like, like you taking them across the street. And they're asking me, oh, you gonna take these little animals? Yeah, you gonna yeah. Again, that's the dehumanization. Right. They don't yeah. see our children as children. Mm-hmm. They just see them as these little, these little, you know, gremlins mm-hmm. that they got to deal with in order to get their loans forgiven. Ha ha, there yeah. it is. So it, it, it's important. Like, uh, we have to show representation in places so that our kids know that these things can be something to be aspi- aspired to. Right. So a black lawyer, a black doctor, a black teacher, a black educator, they need to see these things so that they can say, I, oh, I can be that because, you know, Mr. Johnson is that. Mr. Jones is that. I can be that. I can do that. Mr. Jones, can you show me how to do this? Can you show me how to do that? They like they don't even think to ask that mm-hmm. anymore right, right. because their aspirations, I, I kind of feel like our, our children's aspirations are so far out of touch mm-hmm. with reality. Oh, oh what do you want to be? I want to be I want to be a South Carolina. I want to, you know, I want to a basketball player. Yeah, I want to be. A, I want to be a basketball. Mm-hmm. Player. I had. That's why I said that. I was like, you better make sure you answer these questions correct. Like, I don't be having them same conversation. Yeah, yeah. And, and and with the the whole sports thing, it's like kids know that sports is one of the few realms in this country where they can be judged solely on their merit. Right. If I'm good, it don't matter how good Tommy Tommy Peterson is. I'm good. And you can't take that from me. You can't you can't hide that behind somebody's, you know, some somebody else's idea in a conference room. If I'm good on the court, if I'm good on the field, I'm good. You mm-hmm. can't take that from me. And that's why a lot of kids gravitate towards that because it's so it's a it's a meritocracy. That's another big word for you. Meritocracy. <laughs> because it's so it's based solely on your effort. And so our kids kind of move that way. But as men, we have to show them, we have to be the representation of, hey, you can do something else. Mm-hmm. You can be something else. Dad, how you feel about therapy? It's fine with me. I mean, you know, to each his own. I mean, I've never been. But, I mean, if it came down to it, I'm not afraid to go and, you know, speak to somebody. Uh, um, <laughs> touching on, on, on raising kids, everybody, had, not, not y'all, but... The OGs here have kids. Um, do you think there's a difference between raising your children to be a, a man or a woman, like and it's like in its totality, or like raising them to be a husband or a wife? Like you, like you got two girls, dad. Like you could raise three girls. I'm tripping. <laughs> you got Shar, Mani, Toast. Raise them to be women. Is there a point where, like, you along the way when you raising them to be good, upstanding women, do you say, "Let me raise them to be a wife," or like, you got three boys, right? Right? Like, do you raise them to be like good men as well as husbands? Like, do do these do they do both of these? Am I saying it right? I think no. They, yeah, you, you I, saying I, it right? I, I'm laughing for something different, but I, no, got I think you. it goes. Um, Gio, I don't, I don't know what you. I know you got kids. I don't know what you have though. I got, I got three boys and a girl. Three boys, likewise. Like so, when y'all like do, do these? Do they both go the same way? Like the, the, the parenting. Is it raising to be a man and a woman, and raising them to be a husband or, or a wife? I think that um, for me. They're, they're two totally, or again, you're building on skill sets because I got to teach, like for my sons, I got to teach you how to be a man first. 
I got to teach you how to, you know, keep yourself mentally, physically strong. I got to teach you character, like standing on, standing on your own too, owning your shit. I got to teach you these things before I can start saying, okay, this is a husband level duty. When you're paying, when you're in a relationship, you have like mirror, see my relationship because a lot of the, a lot of the husband training is by example. You understand what I'm saying? So my sons don't see me argue back and forth with my wife. My sons always see me respect my wife. My sons always see me love with my wife, even though my wife is not their biological mom. But they see how I interact with them. They also see how I interact with their mom. I'm always respectful to their mom. They never see me argue with their mom. I never badmouth their mom. So they're seeing, they're seeing these things. They're seeing like, all right, if I'm a, if I'm a husband, this is how I act in a relationship. As a man, this is how I conduct myself. This is how I conduct myself around men. This is how I interact with women. As a married man, you get to see how I interact with women. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, these are these are different skill sets, and they I think they both should be taught because I'm teaching my sons to be husbands, but I'm also teach I'm teaching them to be men first, mm-hmm. and then I'm supplementing with being a husband. This is how you do this. Like, all right, well, we going out. Um, they see, all right, if I'm going out with them before I come back, I call my wife. Hey, do you need any, you need anything? You want me to bring you anything home? They're showing they're seeing that I show consideration for my wife. Right. So they, so they get both, but. The manhood, the the upstanding human part, has to come first because the 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 role of husband is is separate. Like I can't teach my daughter how to be a wife. My wife can teach my daughter how to be a wife. Because but all I can show her is what a husband expects of a wife, and that's not everything that a wife is. Right. So it's part of it though. That's crucial. It's it's part of it, but again, it's like having a woman teach a boy how to be a man. She can teach. What, she can teach. She can teach what a woman expects of a man, but she can't teach what a man is. Mm-hmm. And that's our job to show them how do you get to those desired results. Yeah. How do you move to achieve those desired results? Because my wife expects certain things of me. I'm leaving the house today. She like, babe, um, you know, can you handle the trash? My wife don't touch trash. My wife, I, I don't let my wife touch trash. So if I got to double back to take the trash out, I'm gonna double back to take the trash out. That's something that I do. That's that's my personal. That's my personal mm-hmm. rule. But um, you know, it's it's all about those interactions and, and having them with you. Like I, I think for us, a lot of times, um, some men don't want their kids underfoot. I want it, I want my sons to come with me. Like certain places, I can't take them. Like yesterday, I was in a cigar bar chopping it up with one of my homies. I can't go in a cigar bar. Right. But if I'm just out and about, I'm shaking hands, talking to people. They get to see how I interact with men. They need to see that. Even at nineteen and sixteen, right. thirteen or fourteen. They need to see that, you know. So we, we we do a lot by example, and you have to. And after that interaction, you gotta you kind of have to circle back and say, "All right, what did you see? What did you acknowledge? You see, how I spoke to that man. What? Why did I talk to him the way I spoke to him? You know, like one day I got into a fender bender, and I was like in the drive through. I bang a left. I swing out a little while. Homeboy like clips me like this. He gets out the car. Yo, why the fuck? I'm like, what's going on, man? You all right? Is your car right? Nah, man. This is fucked up, man. The fuck, man, you going to do? I'm like, all right, well, look, this is what insurance is for. We got insurance. You got insurance? Be like, I'm going to give you my insurance card. We're going to swap information. That's going to be the end of it. Totally de-escalated. Come and find out he ain't had insurance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he was really mad. That's, those are the ones that, that really get irate. That's why he was don't mad. Have insurance. But it was like after that interaction, I've talked to my son. I'm like, yo, so what did you see? How did I approach him? Like, you was real calm. Was like, how did he, he was really upset. So what did my calmness do to him? My calmness toned him, turned him down because now he don't have, I'm not reflecting his energy. Uh-huh. So, and that's an interaction with men. Like, as a man, 
you want to interact with people that are really irate, really ramped mm-hmm. up. If you come to them comments like, dog, why? What's all they yelling for? You don't have to yell. We can talk about this like men. Uh-huh. Dude, that's the same thing we was talking earlier with the police. Yeah. When they roll up on you. Why do you have to be irate with them when they come to you? Or why you stop me? What I do? All right. Calm down. It ain't that serious. Yep. Just let him tell you what's going on and go on about your business. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I don't want to come pick you up from the morgue. Mm-hmm. I'll come pick, get you out of jail. You know? Pay your bail or whatever the case may be, and then we can go talk about it. Yeah, because you don't really want to do that either. <laughs> you know? hey. But Dad, what's your take on that? The uh, Raising your daughters to be... Well, I mean, me personally, it's, as a man, I can't raise them to be women, like he was saying. Right. That's my wife's job. But I can raise them to be... Let me see, how can I say this? A certain way towards certain men. Gotcha. I'm saying like I instilled in Keywords, to Amani. I get that. Mm-hmm. I, I did it with Chartiz. I did it with Amani. Don't bring no knuckleheads into my house. <laughs> I made it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring no knuckleheads into my house. I'm not having it. Mm-hmm. You understand? As long as that man is treating you right and everything is all good, fine. But don't bring one of them knuckleheads into my house with his pants down to his knees with his drawers showing. I ain't having it. Yeah. First thing when I met when I met Mr. Iram, it was the winter time, and um, I had a scully on. Uh, she was like, she was like, "You'll take your hat off." This is before we, we we was walking up to the door. Was it cold? Cold. <laughs> she like she like take your hat off. I'm like no. She like take your hat off. I'm like why? She like cause you can't have no hat on. And uh, in my dad's house, you want me to take it off now? Like I can't wait till I get in. He closed the door. Like I, it's cold out here. She like just take it off. So I took it off. And then when you know I why? Yeah, you're, you're, yeah. I, I don't, my father didn't play that. And hey, I don't play that. You walk into a man's house, show respect. Take Correct. your hat off. It's yeah. simple. Yeah. Right, right, right. Take your hat off. Yeah. You know they were. You wasn't born in a barn. That's like when, like on the job that I got, we in a trailer. You got two doors. They come in the door. It's freezing cold. Wind blowing. 50 to 20 degrees outside. Leave the door open. Just walk in. Door wide open. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> you opened the door to come in. Yeah, right. Yeah. What you leaving it open for? Close the door behind you. <laughs> oh, my bad. I forgot. Ain't no cold. No. But just Mr. Hiram, you, you made a very you made a very good point. Gonna blow here. <laughs> yeah, you made a very good point. As men, in relation to our daughters, it's our job to show them or to give them to provide the expectation of what a man is and how a man moves. Like I married, I, I have the, the the esteemed privilege of marrying a daddy's girl, and in that, I understood that I had to move in a certain way because her father was a certain type of man. And he moved in a certain way. He took out. He took care of her mother. He takes. He takes care of her we, mother. We in got a, certain a lot way. of. We got a lot of. Um, yeah. yeah, we got a lot of. So, kind of, like yeah. Kind of, yeah. so it's like once you once you do that, and I and I had, <laughs> and, I had this, and I had this conversation. I'm like, my job was to replace her father, and a lot of guys get intimidated by that. Like it's my like it's my job to step in. I'm taking over this role. Like I'm not. I'm not. You know. I'm not wiping butts and nothing like that. But it's my job to be the one that's responsible for her and make sure that she's taken care of, that she's protected, that she's covered. 
You know what I mean? Even in a, in a biblical sense, that it's my job to make sure that she she's protected and she's covered. Mm-hmm. And I'm taking that role from her father. When her father gave her hand, put her hand in mine at our wedding ceremony, mm-hmm. that's what he was doing. He's saying she's now your responsibility to care for and love and nurture. And he's, so, he's and I ain't got time for his his, his nineteen fifty <laughs> tactics thing. <laughs> Listen, man, some, some of it, some of you, you certain, certain things, some some things, some things never change, man. Never change, right? And you, you, know? you got you got to rock with it. It's like it, and it's worth it. It's worth it because when you do to me, I, what I've learned is that when you do that and you love them the way that they need to be loved, you get the most out of that woman. Uh-huh. They they open up to you. They give you everything that you need to to feel loved and feel covered and feel taken care of so it's like it, for me it's a fair trade-off i'm good like you know my wife has certain things like right now i'm, I'm getting ready to bite the bullet and buy a dog on dog and i'm like what's wrong? <laughs> uh she wants she want a frenchie oh i got a yorkie and yeah, i'm like sure, sure i want a frenchie too. i want i'm i'm, I'm kind of leaning towards i'm gonna see if i can get her into a boston you know like a little boston like, man we can't so even we afford to a frenchie it's a mortgage payment yeah like real right. what's going on <laughs> Since she got a Yorkie, I'm getting me a Husky. I don't care. Yeah, that's what I want. Husky's got attitudes of their own. Dog talk. Husky's got attitudes, so just be prepared for that. Rush, what's your take on that? Well, being a... See, I was a young father. Uh, my oldest son, actually, is not my natural born son. Mm-hmm. He was like maybe eight months when me and his mom got together. To be honest with you, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> but I knew... None of us did. But I knew what I wanted. I knew... You had to be responsible. Mm-hmm. I knew you had to be decisive. Like I knew how I wanted them to move as men. So when they were younger, they were the backpack kids. Put some sandwiches and stuff in the backpacks and we moving. You don't need money. <laughs> we moving. It's free events in Philadelphia all summer long. Mm-hmm. We moving. We going through a long day. We knew, I knew I wanted them in my space. That's why you had to carry that book bag? I never knew. I, I never knew. <laughs> I never knew what was in it. Like I just... Snacks, bro. Snacks. Yeah. <laughs> but I would see you with a book. I didn't know that. But see, that that's something that wow. I think that as men, a lot of the younger guys don't understand. Intentionality. Right. You got to be intentional with this father thing. You got to be intentional with this husband thing. <laughs> like, you got to have, um, in the military, I believe they call it, like, desired instincts. When that child comes, when they put that child in your hands, you got to have a plan. You got to be like, what do I want this child to grow up to be? What do I, how do I want this child to be able to move through this world and be capable mm-hmm. of? And then you work backwards from that. Like, these are the things I got to teach them. Like, discipline and, and order and structure and, you know, give them the love and nurturing that they need. And, hey, you know, th- the values that you want them to have. Like, all of that stuff is important. Like, th- like that's why I say it. You're, you're, you are the priest. You're the servant priest of your home. Because it's, all that stuff runs through you. And now they, they, I see it now that they're men. Even the fact that once the relationship ended with their mother, mm-hmm. they watched how we move. Mm-hmm. We're the best of friends today. Yeah. Like, it's just, we still come together for cookouts and holidays. And she yeah. has a whole nother daughter and had a whole nother man. They, wrong's even confused. Like, oh, you here with the new man here? And it's a family, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's yeah, a family. Because, no, I got <laughs> it. No, right, but uh and then, and now I see with with my youngest son he has a daughter and now the mother has another daughter that's not his she right matter of fact both children go to the school that he and I work at yeah he teaches math there I teach math there 
Nice. And so we That's awesome. we transporting them together. He bring them sometime. I take them home. It's like no, we don't. That if you if you come in this circle, you in the circle. Yeah. You That's know? awesome. So that really the, one of the phrases I despise the most is "blood is thicker than water," because I think people take that. It's the, and they they don't they don't talk about. Yes. See, it's the, the like you were saying you earlier yeah. with the uh, whole. It's who pours into you. Yeah. Yeah. So what, I think the 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 actual saying is the what is it the the blood of um what is it no, no, the, the blood of the blood of the womb is not as strong as the water of the covenant. It's actually it's actually reversed. I gotta look this up. I'm a, I gotta look this up because I, I want to make sure that I get this right. Um, because a lot of people get that flipped around where they think that oh yeah, blood is thicker than water. And meaning that family is supposed to be before your your you know your relationships, but Mm-mm. it's not. Um, oh no, it's the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. That's the same blood of the covenant. Gotcha. So that means that your friendships, the bonds that you build with people, correct, is stronger than the people that you were born you born in your family. Facts. You know, yeah. like mm-hmm. I. I yeah. I tell I tell my I tell my friends all the time loyalty is what makes you family. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm closer I'm closer to these three than I am to a lot of people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like loyalty, that's that loyalty. That guess what? If this phone rings and my home and my buddy who's currently in the DR is like, "Yo, Gio, I need you to run up to my house and check the water, feed the dogs for me." I got you. Don't worry about it. Like that. Like that's you know that's thick because I got I got a half brother out in the world that I don't even get to talk to. So, so it's like that. It's, it's those bonds that are extremely important to us. Let me um. I'm gonna say this. I'm a, I, I heard this somewhere. It uh. It resonated with me. I want to get y'all take on it. Um, you really don't know how effective your parenting is until your kids get older and start having these epiphanies about why they are who they are. Mm-hmm. I could I could say that's it. definitely true. I mean, yeah. I mean, I could just. But does that necessarily mean your biological kids? No. no. Any any child that comes no, from my house, no, just parenting. Yeah. No, no. So the reason yeah. I ask that question is because so let's just say from the age of like ten to the age of like seventeen, right? And it's probably longer or more. I don't know. I've spent like days, summers, winters, springs at Red House, and. And this is where that mindset of like, you know, you were, you're never really taught how to be a man or how to be a husband, stuff like that. Reg will go to work Monday through Friday, right? Uh-huh. Reg not there Sunday. Reg not there Saturdays. We want to wear Reg. We want to see Reg Friday nights. Reg gone. Reg come back <laughs> Sunday morning. Right? Just off of the Eagle game. He didn't went shopping. Did all that. <laughs> we good. He go back out. Okay. He didn't watch the game, did whatever he did. Like, he go back out. It's a house full of food. So it's like, all right, just for the survival kicks in. If you don't know how to cook, you damn sure going to learn because he's not cooking. So it's like, all right, cool. So it's like, all right, as a man or as a father, your job is to provide. Boom, got it. Yeah. But then it's like, damn, he trusts us to cook because he ain't here. Man. Oh, Microwavable bacon was amazing until I learned how to cook. Is that, is that how Chef Ron came about? Kind of sort of, <laughs> kind of sort of, kind of sort of. But that's and that's why I keep saying my big thing is about 
making people make decisions. Yeah. So it was like, yeah, what rule? Hey, Ron, make that whatever you made last night. Right. <laughs> Listen, cause I didn't start making Kool-Aid until I was at their house. I never, I had it. I never made it. I got some of the best Kool-Aid ever because it's not too sweet. It's balanced. If I was never at regular, I'd never know how to make Kool-Aid. I got my money on that ring. That's fine. Kool-Aid battle. Run it back. <laughs> so it's like, it, it, it's, it's like a, uh, Reg had one rule. I don't care what you touch. Don't touch my tea. We ain't never have a job. None of us. We had no job at that age. T went missing. Everybody out. Y'all better find a way to get my tea. And it was impressive. <laughs> like, I, like, you know, you know teenage boys, they suck up everything in your house. It was like, see all of that? That's all yours. See this right here? That's, that's my You see what my tea fed tree, 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 It's a tree of knowledge right there. It's not green tea. It was a tea fed right there. It was tea. It's like Mr. Gardner eating right here. Down. Don't touch this right here. Right? So I'm like, oh, excuse me. I, come here. I need to talk some paper. I was never around when this happened. Uh, <laughs> I, I need y'all to go out this door and get me a cold iced tea and don't come back till you have one. Mm-hmm. And it was like, at that time, it was Jamal and Duke. They was maybe like 15. Was Jamal, Duke, Brian. And, and they Brian. said, you, you put the baby out? The baby had to go to. He drunk. I said, don't come back. You got it. They came back like 15 minutes later. I don't know. I don't know. Every time they was put out. <laughs> look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take because we all grown now. Every time they was put out, Brian come to my house till they get the tea. All right, Brian, we done. No, Brian thing was the, the room cleaner. Yeah, but he got put up with my parents. It was very unwelcome. It was bad. Like one time, my son stormed the steps and slammed the door because his brother was was, was looking at his room. Bro, bro, that's my door. (laughs) 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 The door sat in the hallway for a month. And I reminded him, maybe my. Don't slam my doors, please. Because I don't have time to be beating you and fussing at you and cussing. Everything you do as a consequence, the consequence was slamming my door, was losing my door. <laughs> That's a privilege. That's a privilege. That is a stone cold privilege. Yeah, so, yeah. Most of the story is, I ain't drink nothing that my mom had. <laughs> I ain't slam no doors. <laughs> I ain't lose too many keys. If you lost keys, you was getting put out until you found the key. <laughs> oh, but no, so, you lose so, keys and break in the house to get that in. <laughs> You climbing up the back stairs, like, bro, we only have a few possessions, and you're gonna like just show people how show to show everybody how to break in the crib. Show everybody, yeah, how to get in. Yeah, I I brought that up because like uh, the the learned behaviors conversation, yeah. like when they say how effective your parents is until your kids get older and start having these epiphanies. It's like, why, why, like, why, why did I do that, or why, why did I think that way? Oh. Because I've been learning that my whole life. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. for me, for me, it's like, um, and I, I learned it in just talking to talking to my dad, my stepdad. Um, I, I I realized that I get a lot of my parenting from him, where my kids now will say things that he taught me. So that whole can't means you don't want to. That's something that I got from my stepdad. But now, if you say, if I say to my kids, can't means what? They'll say can't means don't want to. Like like mm-hmm. they like. A lot of it is like you know how good of a, how effective of, as a, of a parent you are when you see them utilizing the things you taught right. mm-hmm. in right. their lives, and they're like, "Dad, thank you for teaching me this." Or, and I tell my kids like, "I'm giving you a toolbox full of tools, and you may not need these tools right now." Because uh-huh. I'm teaching you know teaching them how to be how to how to select a wife, which is actually what you know the whole purpose of the whole book thing is about. How to choose a wife? They, they. You know, they still figuring out how to use the dog on I think so that's they a need a question. I but, think that's a good topic. But they need yeah. but they need to know 
there are certain things that you need to be looking for when you get to that level. You know, now there's a level in between that where you just going out having experiences, experiencing life. And if a girl comes along and y'all enjoy each other's company, then that's fine. But when you decide that you want to make this woman a wife, there is a selection process that she got to go through first. There are certain parameters. There are certain characteristics. There are certain behaviors that you need to see out of this woman before you put a ring on that thing and, and make a permanent commitment. You know, in carpentry, they got a very simple saying. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say. It, I'm gonna say the beginning of it, and I'm pretty sure that all y'all gonna know the end of it. Measure twice, cut once. Which means that you need to look at this thing and make sure before you make a permanent commitment, because you can always cut a little bit more, but you can't add more to it without interrupting the structure. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, so when it comes to choosing a wife, you need to measure seven, eight times before you make that cut, because the um, the consequences of choosing poorly are too high for you not to run this through a very structured process. So, um, yeah, when, with Ty, right? I uh, like me and my dad did have that sex conversation, mm -hmm. right? Um, we didn't go too in depth about like diseases and stuff like that yeah so like with ty like we was upstairs in his room painting his room and i literally showed him what herpes looked like i literally showed him like what gonorrhea and all that stuff looked like because i didn't know yeah. like and no it wasn't google back when i was 12 years old but yeah. it was encyclopedias it was mm -hmm. still it was you get you get you get the yeah, hard, you get the hard yeah but it wasn't that yeah like it wasn't like it wasn't that that conversation wasn't as easy accessible yeah, yeah like yeah. it was it wasn't as crucial as it was so like that's what that's what I do now like the things that uh my parents taught me like the credit you know that we said the credit utilization and all that mm -hmm. stuff like no he don't got no credit right now but when he gets to that point I'm gonna have to explain that thoroughly it can't just be mm -hmm. yo don't mess your credit up like yeah. I said last time my, you know my, my, my topic my or my, my tactic was is, is road trips I'm, I'm I call myself a road man I like driving I like taking long road trips and what I've done with each of them we get in the car and you know I live in I live in central mythical central New Jersey I'm like all right we're gonna go to the Pokemon's something like that we're gonna drive up to Tannersville and in this car we're gonna have this conversation and we're gonna talk about all these things we're gonna talk about sex we're gonna talk about love we're gonna talk about what you do with what and what goes on here we're gonna talk about masturbation and all these other different things and I'm gonna open everything up I'm gonna lay it all out on the table I'm gonna say hey you got questions I, I want to know any questions that you have anything that's fuzzy to you anything that don't make sense to you I need to know mm -hmm. because I, I take my role as a father extremely seriously and then I feel I always look at it like you know I, I go back to the whole um, Black Panther thing. There's a one scene in the Black Panther that made me cry. That when um, he says a man who's not prepared his son for his death has failed as a father. That shit had me bawling. I was like, Ugh. anyway. Um, so I make it a point to make sure that they have all this stuff. And it's like, yo, we gonna sit in the car. You can't go nowhere. You can't duck the conversation. Mm -hmm. We gonna have it. And yeah, you we're gonna talk about some stuff that's gonna embarrass you. It's probably gonna embarrass me too, but we need to have this conversation because you need to know. Um I had a conversation with my parents, right? Mm -hmm. Um 
And and we we had to double back on a conversation because certain things that I said wasn't wasn't right. Uh, it it could it could have been took as disrespect, and I apologized. And I came back to the table the correct way to explain what I meant, right? Mm-hmm. But I it was it was one part of the conversation specifically was I told them during the the, the time that I was just like at my lowest, I was ready to off myself, mm-hmm. right? Um told them that their response was why didn't you tell us my response was all my life you really didn't make me feel comfortable to say these things why don't you say get close to the mic (laughs) so yeah it's like i told him y'all didn't make me feel comfortable to have these conversations right um when i came to you and my tony i told y'all yeah. Y'all response was, do you need help now? How do you feel right now? Which, in my opinion, is the proper response. Do you need a hug? How has Tyler been affected? The questions was different. Mm-hmm. Um, When I came back and said the questions was different, it kind of came off to my parents as if I was comparing when I really wasn't, it was just a way of trying to get them to look at their son differently. Mm-hmm. Basically learning me. Mm-hmm. Like that that was, I'm going to say what I'm about to say for my vows at the wedding. So I don't want to say it right now. But it was, it was like, I know for a fact, like right now, while he's 12, I got to learn T.Y. in every aspect. I can't wait until he's 18. I can't wait till he's 25. I can't wait till he's 33. Like, I'm, it's, it's, it's going to be, he's going to be not far too gone, but it's going to make my job harder as a parent. Mm-hmm. It's going to make his job harder as a child to trust his parent. Mm-hmm. I mean, and yeah, I think that's why I brought that up, man, because like that, um, gonna be the first one to cry on this pod man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah man that 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 touches home man it it do touch home um stuff you good all right so uh, is this the last question i don't know i mean so <laughs> I, I i have a question um so so i got one more but I mean, I, I, so I'll let you take it home. I just got no, 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 no. This is, yeah, so this is the last. Is this the take home, John? Yeah, this is the take yeah, home. So let me ask my question. Yeah, you yeah. want the take home question. Go ahead. So I heard you say um, that you have a stepchild, right? You got a stepchild. You got a stepchild. As a man, how... Let me make sure I'm trying to word this right. I feel like it's a different type of responsibility when you come in. Mm-hmm. And you take you're taking care of another man's child, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's um, something that you want to do or something that you're just this just what it is. Mm-hmm. How does that like? How how is that pressure? Like is is it is it added pressure? Because I like I'll it say did. like for you, I know you had like Rodney was your stepchild initially before you had your two. Right. It, it depends on the dynamics. Like okay. his father was nowhere to be found. Okay. I think so. That's that's a different dynamic that's if totally the dynamic. if the father is still is the, okay. in the picture. Okay, I got you. Age matters. He was eight months. That's different when you coming in and the child's 10, 11, and 12. 
Gotcha. You got okay. a little rougher ride to go. Right, right, right. <laughs> if you're dealing with a preteen or a teenager and okay. you enter into a relationship. Okay, okay. The pressure on me because of the situation where there was no father mm-hmm. apparently there and he was basically still a baby. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't feel the pressure didn't seem as great. Okay. Um, as sometimes I joke with him, I say, uh, thank you for helping me be a better father when these other two came along. Gotcha. Because <laughs> you did that. I mean, I like, think it's a learning You helped experience. me. Okay. And, I, and it was at a point in my life where I needed some balance in my life. Okay. My life was, it, he, he actually brought balance to my life. Okay. So it was more, it wasn't even, it wasn't so much pressure as it was, I now felt I had a sense of purpose. Gotcha. Now I have a reason that I, I you need to be responsible now because this is not even it basically I'm asking for this so how can I then turn around and be irresponsible with this? The gotcha. pressures of a man right. make us yeah. better men. Yeah. Say it again. The pressures of a man make us better men. Super right. facts. Yeah. So it was uh I I tell everybody today like I found fatherhood very rewarding. Yeah. Like you very rewarding. Yeah. No. I mean I don't know. If I would say pressure, because Shaw was a baby as well. She was what, two, three years old, you know, and I was always there, you know. And to this day, anybody asks me how many dope kids you got, I got three. Right. They all mine. Right. Mm-hmm. Step or unstep. Right. They yeah. my children. Yo, one you know? day we was in the car, right? And um, <laughs> it was me, Mr. Ira, my dad, and Shaw. Mm-hmm. And uh, we was talking about... I think it was Father's Day. Father's Day when we went to the golf and to top golf, right? And I was like, um, we was talking about babies and skin complexion. And Charlotte was like, I want a little chocolate baby. And I was like, well, you know, my pop pop and my dad is uh is dark skinned, Mr. Hiram dark skinned, and yeah, I mean it might trickle down to the baby. And Mr. Hiram was like, What? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, Oh yeah, my bad. Oh shoot! <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh wow! I didn't catch you there first. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> completely. Yo, I'm like, but, I, but, that, but that's yeah. the purpose. Of, that's the purpose of a good father. That made the day he did a damn don't, good don't job. Listen, I, and I said this, you know, for me, like when I came into my my daughter's life, she was she was three. When I met her mom, she was three years old, and I told her straight up, the only steps <laughs> in my house. The only steps in my house is the ones that go to the second floor. That's an old line from the I heard that. My, yeah, no, my um, old pastor. Long yeah, long the, long those, long are only, those are only steps in my house. Yeah. So I raised my daughter like one of my kids. Mm-hmm. The, there was a line because her father was like quasi in in her life. Like he kind of like, he was transient. He'd come and go. And process word. <laughs> I can't spell that one. Though. I can't spell that one. So, so he can't he spell would, like three out of the six. He, dropped <laughs> and he would come and go. So it's like I'm always, I was always kind of like leaving space for him to kind of like come in and do his thing. But at the same time, I'm like, look, I'm here. I'm doing the work. I'm doing the heavy lifting. So guess what? She, she, my daughter. Whenever I introduce her to anybody, this is my daughter. This is right, right. I, I never say a step. I've never like to this right. day. Like she, mm-hmm. she's still on all my stuff. Like me and her mom ain't together no more. None of that stuff. She's still on all my, all my like insurance beneficiary stuff. Lot. That's my, that's my daughter. Yeah. She's in, she's in college now. Um, she comes down to my house like you know on, during the holidays to come see me, spend time with me and my wife and all that. And it's like, yo, this is my kid. Like I, I, I don't care what nobody say. This, right. this is my little girl. Right. And um, 
you know, so it, it while there are while there may be strains, like I said, for me, I had to leave a little bit of space for a dad whenever he popped up. But other than that, yeah, this is my little girl, and and we out. And then, uh, like even with Rodney, when him and his father finally reconnected, and he was like late teens, and he went through this phase. I don't remember when he started calling me red. He was was heated. Right? <laughs> Everyone around me was pissed except me. Yeah, I'm like I know what this is. <laughs> like I, y'all, I need. He came to my mother's house on Thanksgiving one day. Said, "Hey, Red." My mother said, "What you said?" <laughs> he said, oh, "I mean, I mean, I mean, Dad, how you doing, Dad?" But then he got into a hole, a deep hole. He signed up for the military. Mm-hmm. Didn't know what he was doing. They tried to put him in special forces. Oh wow! I get a phone call, Dad. <laughs> 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 and I, I just started laughing. Me, I'm like, okay, he's back. Uh, yeah, what's the problem? <laughs> but like, it just. It, it, with with so-called stepchildren, there could be an ebb and flow. There could sometimes be animosity. Right, yeah, but true. as that parent, you just stay firm. You, you be the constant. Right. You just right. You just be the constant. It all comes back. It all yeah. comes back. Gotcha. Um, we had a topic. Uh, I want to say what two episodes ago. Uh, Depends on what the question. <laughs> permission to <laughs> permission to propose. Oh, that was a good one. <laughs> Permission to propose. Um, Mr. Hiram, I, uh, I told the story about when we was moving something. And then I asked you, can I holler at you real quick? Yeah. And, and I remember. We had that conversation. We had the conversation. Um, you have a daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, did, did you expect me to come to you? Number one, and do you expect her future boyfriend to come to you? And if he don't, what's the problem? And if he, and if he don't, well, I mean, and if he, and if you don't give him your blessing, like if you didn't give me your blessing and I still did it, how would you feel? Hey, that's her life. I ain't got nothing to do with that. I mean, I may, I may be a little angry or whatever the case may be, but I'm not. I'm not living in y'all's life. Would you treat him differently? Like, a, like a, if, if if he did ask you, said no. Well, it, I, I tell you this. I, I don't say different, but it all depends on how he treats her. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. So, yeah, and just to, just to give you guys like a little feedback, I was saying like, so on, on the episode, if, so I asked my mother-in-law and my father-in-law. Father-in-law said yes. Mother-in-law said no. Okay, I'm still going with it because I asked the person, the leader of the relationship, mm-hmm. you know, and I got his blessing. Right. So at that point, it's like, you know, I just did it just to do it. So then we asked the question, so what happens if, you know, you ask such and such, you, you go ask the father, can I marry you? He says, no. Oh, shoot. Are you? No, no, no. I'm sorry. It was a two-parter. He says, no, you still do it. And then you said, if the girl says, what did my, what did my father yeah. say? And then I also <laughs> said, um, the one of the branches also was, uh, do you ask the mom? I said, I never even thought about that's, asking me neither. My, that's not how I mean no, it's not I just, did, I just, I just did it just to do it know, like it wasn't even the same it was, I sent the text hey well you always ask the dad <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You know, I've never it, heard absolutely. of anyone going to ask the mother yeah only time I would ask mom is if the mom is deceased I mean if, if dad is yeah, deceased dad yeah, is no longer around yeah yeah yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But, and that's what I did dad is not in the picture right you ask the mother when I then I guess if she say no I ask yeah that's what I'm saying so you say no he still do it then what happens yeah, I don't know. That's a that's him had a conversation. That's and a tough question because he's the one. Again, remember I said earlier, the bar for what a man is mm-hmm. is set by the father. Mm-hmm. It's not set by the mom. Mm-hmm. It's set by the father. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm going to go to the man who sets the bar to say, hey, I would, you know, I would like to ask for your daughter's hand in marriage. Because at the end of the day, he won't be the one at the ceremony giving you her hand. Correct. Mm -hmm. Symbolically saying she's now your responsibility to protect. Mm -hmm. So I got to have a conversation with him. If he says no, now me and her got to have a conversation like, do you you still want to do this? You know, hopefully the relationship don't break up. But, you know, if my daughter comes, if my daughter brings some knucklehead boy to me and I'm like, I don't think you do one. And she decides to go that way anyway. She decides to get married anyway. I'm still going to support her marriage. Because I don't want any anybody that signs up for this, like, I don't want to see it fail. Mm-hmm. But if it does fail, I'm like, all right, well, what, what's the move now? You, you want to move back in? You want to heal up and take another go at it? What you going to do? Like, I, at the end of the day, it's her life. If I haven't right. trained her at this point in her life to show her what a man is and how to choose a man, I, I can't, I, you know, I, I can only do so much. You can, yeah. Um, they no. say in the story, there used to be a dowry attached to that. Yep. And the father determined yeah. what the dowry was. That's why you had to get the father's permission. Mm-hmm. Did we say that? Yeah, we talked about that for sure. Mm-hmm. In, certain, in certain cultures, that's still a thing. That's still a yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Especially in, in, you like, in go, Arab cultures. Especially, yeah, in Arab cultures, you got to go to dad. You got to go to dad and dad go to the dowry. You know? And that's the thing that, that kind of, like, uh, not so much grounds my gears, but it kind of screws with me when people have these big ostentatious weddings like a wedding is supposed to be the joining the two family I and <laughs> I, I can't pronounce that one <laughs> that's, that's why I repeat it I don't repeat it every word of Steph, you like, just write these drums down bro yeah. <laughs> And right, and this is wrong and cut. Say less. I'm, I'm, I'm with it. I'm with it. It's July 3 hours in. I'm with it. Listen, I'm with it. But but think about it. Like two families come together, and I, I often talk to. I was talking to my wife about it because we're going to be getting. We're going to do an I do redo because we got married in the. You know, we got married on March 14th, and if y'all know what day that was, that was the day that the weekend before the world shut down. Uh-huh. We were supposed to get married in Paris on April 14th. So our whole our whole situation got shut down. So we getting we doing a redo, and um, is it in America? We really got a lot in common. Yeah, man. You know what I said in the beginning? I mean, I know we've been talking for three hours. It's been a year. It's been like two. <laughs> me and Gio so, be busy. So, so he could have helped help me with a lot. It's okay. <laughs> we'll go to his house for cigars. All right. In the springtime, he got pool. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Um, we're going to record in, on the back patio. I got we, you. I'm setting it up. Do that. <laughs> I, smoke out there. I do have a smoker. I got I got. We out there. I got, <laughs> I got, I got, I got a black stone. Yeah, we out there. Yeah, we, got, yeah, we definitely seen because oh, you, you, you. Hey, man, this oh. house for sale on the block. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but seriously, though, like, think about it. Um, I think about the Italian wedding, right? Two families come together. They have a nice big wedding. But at the end of the wedding, what's happening? Everybody's coming up with envelopes. Everybody coming up with bread. Nona, grandma, been putting away twenty dollars for this wedding since this little girl was in diapers, and now grandma come up with a check, five thousand dollars. Uncles, three thousand dollars. Your car salesman nephew, thousand dollars. Everybody coming up thousands, thousands of dollars. Right? The money that they put up. You started look at me. I'm saying you started on February twenty second. What's February twenty second? Wow. So, but think about That's it. That's when your grandchild's supposed to be in. Oh, I don't know. All I know is February, man. Don't nobody tell me no dates. <laughs> <laughs> they told me a month. That's it. <laughs> but think about it. All that money comes in, right? That's enough money to pay for the wedding and still give that couple 
a little nest egg yeah, yeah, for them to start their life with. If they want to buy a house, if they want to, you know, put some money aside for savings, maybe they're going to have a baby on the way, start a college fund, enough money to kind of get the ball rolling. But now, especially in our culture, see, it always comes back to our culture. You're going to spend a bunch of money on a wedding and all people going to do is talk shit about your liquor, talk shit about the food, food. <laughs> and maybe give you $20, not even pay for their plate. That's, that wasn't my story. <laughs> that wasn't my story. <laughs> look, look. Wasn't no liquor, so you was going to talk. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a cash bar, though. Yeah. Wasn't paying for it. Yeah, but, but I took a $10,000 budget and cut it in 7000 You couldn't even tell it's $7,000 away. But, that, but that's Mine what happens. Suits. But that's what happens. So it's like the, the, the whole wedding thing is kind of skewed. So it's like our, our culture don't need, doesn't even understand the symbolism of certain things. Mm-hmm. The hand of, the, you know, who, what, who gives this woman to be wedded to this man? Understanding the significance of that statement, of right? Yeah, right. right. Like, right. like, all that, like, this is it's heavy, man. Like, and it's certain things that we, as a culture, have to kind of come back together and say, "This is what we agree upon as a people. These are the things: it's weddings, community, children, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. We got to come back and redefine a lot of this stuff so that we can move on one accord. You can't do it unless you do, because everybody operating under a different rule set, especially nowadays, where you know, you you got the baby mamas. Do you jump the bro? We did not jump the broom. Did you jump the broom when you and Miss Tony got married? No. I know y'all ain't jumped the broom. I ain't asked you. No, so I was asking them, like, so because they're, and just based off, like, where he was going and because Miley texted me. Uh, but based off where he was going, it was coming, like, from that old school point. That's why I asked the question. That's why. I went to the justice of the peace. Yeah, that's I what I wanted went. to do. Man, that's something that jumping the broom had kind of, like faded uh, away. Yeah. That's something that re. Tashira wanted to jump the broom, yeah. but I told her I was too fat and I wasn't doing it. That's what I told her. I, I said skip. So we did. <laughs> so we did something. We, we did the sand jump. We did sand. Oh, we did the sand. Yeah, we did. Yeah. No, we did a candle. So we did the sand, right? I wanted yeah, to do the sand. The, the yeah. picture yeah. of we couldn't me, find the sand. So here's it's the funny part about the sand. When you do the sand ceremony, right? you my They say in order to basically break the marriage, you gotta take the individual grains out of what you're saying. So can you really imagine somebody <laughs> taking the individual? That's what you do. <laughs> Add some food color to switch the color back. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta buy the color of sands together. Yeah, our, Jones, our Jones been moved around so much. It's like yeah. you know what you're getting that thing. So we got black. We had you know we had gray and white, black, white, and, and blue. Yeah, we had candles. Yeah. All right, so Troy and uncut it don't matter. Put a bow yeah, on. Don't, don't even. Don't no, even we matter. Got, we got we got this last Jones. I ain't mad at it. Woo. Done. I, yeah. I literally did yeah. say this is gonna be our first three hour vibe. All I'm doing is add the intro and the outro, and we good. I ain't mad at you. No, good conversation, um, though. Great conversation. Is, definitely great conversation. So this last one is going to hit hard for us. And and thing is, when y'all answer this question, you do have to include us um, as black men of the older generation. <coughs> are you proud of our our generation? And if not, what can we do to be better? Yeah, we got started on this end. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's so broad because you're saying generation. Now, I, I, think, I say, think you should break it down. Or, okay, us, us, uh, so, black men of our generation. Us, like the, the, the millennials. You know, so how we're, we're raising are our Are we kids. talking like 30 to 40? What, what? 20 to 25, 20 to 30, what? Uh, of course, guess, you could say 25 to 35. 25 yeah. to 35. Yeah. I would say overall, yes. Really? Yes. I'm actually I, shocked that that's your answer because I, you work at a school. And I feel like you, 
Like, even though your students are younger, but I feel like you work with some people that may be... Yeah, I think my perspective is just because of the company of the men your age that I keep. Okay, I got you. I get it. See, I'm not not looking at what I see on the news in the morning. Because I I see examples every day Mm -hmm. of men your age that are doing great things. Right. Got you. I have three sons that are men your age that are doing great things. And I take great pride. The, the, the same thing I pride I take in them, I, I get more pride from how you handle adversity than how you move when things are going well. Uh-huh. And I, I think for the most part, this generation has shown that they can handle adversity in a responsible manner, in, in a, a decisive manner, and, and take care of business. I would say overall, I, I definitely see... In my time, if your father wasn't in the picture and the parents weren't together, he just wasn't there. He wasn't there. He was invisible. He was gone. I can say these young men, they may not be married to these women. They may not live in the home with them. I see more fathers with their young children than I can ever recall in a long time. Yeah, Yeah, true. True. Do you have anything you think we we should change or, or do better? Even though you you have that, you know, you feel like we, we do do good? Well, I, I think there's a somewhat a sense of victimhood. Like we were talking about that fairness and unfairness. Mm-hmm. I think some of that needs to move out the way. Gotcha. And, and don't concern yourself so much with those issues outside of yourself that you are not in control of. Because mm-hmm. I think sometimes we feel, because I, I even tell even the, the kids I work with now are eighth graders. And I just told our COO. I say, okay, first of all, we're going to stop saying that we serve an underprivileged population. Because right now, they're feeling highly privileged, highly privileged, because they think they're entitled <laughs> to every single thing yeah. that this world has to offer. So let's lose that phrase first. So there, there, there is a sense of entitlement that sometimes I think the digital investors say, well, they're not being fair to us. It's never going to happen. So you might as well just keep moving. It's move how you move. What about you, Doug? Well, you appreciate me because I'm. Yeah, I appreciate you with (laughs) me. My my thing is, I hate you, (laughs) y'all. My thing is, y'all's generation are the ones who have to get the younger generation in line. Mm -hmm. I agree with that statement because they are the ones that are out of control. Yeah. All right, like it was, it was us. To get y'all, mm-hmm. or my parent, my father, to get me, his father to get him. We got mm-hmm. a challenge on our hands. Yes, boy. <laughs> we got like, like it's you, you getting Tyler. Now you got Hero coming. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to make sure he comes up in the right way. Because I mean, I look at some of these kids today, and I'm like, if you was my son, and I mean, and I'm gonna say it to you like this: if you was my daughter, I'd punch you in your mouth, literally. Because some of these kids, that's what they need. Sheesh. They need a good ass whipping. I know, that's right. Some of them Yo, need. I haven't heard that from an old man in a while. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, you need your ass whipped. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, this this child abuse stuff now that they're talking. <laughs> to me, it's like child abuse. Y'all didn't call it child abuse when our parents beat our ass. No, we was. I, now, my, my mom they didn't call like, it child abuse when their parents was beating our parents' ass. So now all of a sudden, what are you talking about child abuse? And now, in that case, we damned if we do, and damned if we don't. Because if we don't treat them 
teach them right, we wrong. Mm -hmm. And if we abuse them, we wrong. So what you want from me? You know, yeah, the, the, the challenge with the generation coming after y'all is that there are so many disparate factors that Bro, are yeah, influencing yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like, like it's a lot. When my sons were growing up. I just know. All right, if I keep them away from the corner bulls right, ahead yeah. and the gang around the corner, mm -hmm. we good. Hell, we, uh, we now you battling. We play man all day. You're battling social media. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, you're battling influence from other people. It's not like it's a gang that's out there wreaking havoc. It's, it's all these individual conflicts. That's not really something you get a grasp of. Like the, the when the murders were happening in the seventies, it was easy for them to get a grasp of it because they knew, okay, if we shut down these ten, ten gangs. Ten, yeah, right. It was a we network just, that we, was doing this, but now it. it's just these are just random the, acts of yeah, violence, indiscriminate shootings and killings. And right, yeah, right. So it, it's it's yeah. a greater challenge. That, that you have today trying to deal with the youth of today. It's much greater. That's like I was telling you about my father. Mm -hmm. He used to come home from work and stand on the corner and talk to the guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Father never knew this dude was a stone cold killer. Oh, wow. Stone cold killer. And every day him and my father would stand on the corner and talk for hours. Talk for hours. Um, that, that show that comes on TV, America's Most Wanted, no. Uh, what is it? American Gangster, Most Evil? Yeah. This dude was on there. Oh, wow. Oh, my father wow. never knew it. I showed him, he was in, um, what was that magazine? He was on a magazine, he was on the cover. I brought the magazine to him. I said, here, I said, you see this? He, he reared back. He said, oh, that's Tony. <laughs> that's, yeah, he said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yo, Stone Cold Killer. Wow. Yeah, now nowadays the the shooter let it be known he the shooter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and, that, yeah. That's, and that's weird. And right um, now. Like, wow. For me, I, I'm kind of torn because I'm I'm the I'm the generation right before you. I'm the Gen Xer, so it's like I kind of feel like I feel like y'all. You know, I feel like the men, the gentlemen in this room are doing what they're supposed to do. Appreciate um, it. Appreciate and that. I, and I feel like I feel like um, you know, as a generation, there are there are gentlemen out there that are that are using the resources that are available. They're utilizing social media. Like, if anybody knows me, I'm on a group called Black Husbands and a group called Black Fathers. And, you know, in those communities, it's like 50,000, 60,000 men that ask questions. And it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of buffoonery, but there are genuine questions and there's genuine input. So I feel like, um, you know, the millennials, you know, you guys are more in touch emotionally. You guys are um, making up. Can, can you post a link for this episode? And when I got you. I got both you. of them, if possible. <laughs> um, God bless. <laughs> <laughs> it's the hell? It's pure use. And invited to the husband group. <laughs> <you got it. laughs> um, and it and there like there are communities for, for us where our local communities may not be as uh, conducive to to this to like okay. men building and learning from each other and gaining an understanding and figuring out how to be better fathers and better husbands. Um, the one thing that I I implore to you know to just kids in general is um, figure out how to do things in your community. Figure out how to um, run businesses in your community. Like we need, like a lot of people will say the black community does not exist because we don't own the resources in our community. Nope. So we have to do things to, to basically go back into, into our communities and say, all right, well, we're going to take over these resources. And that's one of the things that I feel like we, at, we as people have to do, but it's, you know, you guys, because you are directly above these kids, it's, it's kind of your job, like everybody else is saying, that you got to show these kids that there's a different way. Because, like 
like you said, back in the day, a bullet had a name on it. You mm-hmm. might now you might now you might catch a stray. Like it might be a stray, and you know you in the wrong place at the wrong time. But a bullet usually got a name on it. Like you know that shooting down on, on you know on sixty first you know sixty first and whatever. Yeah, that that was they was trying to get at so and so, right? Like, yeah. we knew, like we knew what they was trying to do, but now it's like it's everywhere, and because the culture is so like this whole scoreboard thing. I don't know if y'all heard about that. Like, mm-hmm. I, like you know, I, I listen to podcasts in the city, um, but you know, this whole scoreboard thing where there's people keeping score on the killings, yeah, like that, like that's kind of crazy. And the fact that that's put out on Front Street, and the fact that that's put out and not. The, the works that the and that's the, the scoreboard thing is a hood thing. It's not even like a, yeah. a news, like an actual news thing. It's, yeah. a, it's a hood thing. Yeah, and it's like it, it, we're creating again our cult. The the coin of our culture is trauma. We got to get away from that, and that's the one thing that we kind of lean on these younger generations is that yo heal because because on one side you guys are the ones that'll go to therapy. You guys are the ones that look. If we need help with something, we we have to you know we gotta figure out what resources are are available to us the the bad side of that is yeah y'all y'all kind of whine and y'all kind of be like oh yeah well you know because dad did this to me and now i'm all jacked up and i'll get yeah. like that, T- that T-Y, happens ty got four sessions in oh, therapy right. sessions that's good i mean yeah. it, it it's beneficial he got more than me i i got i gotta i, I think i gotta find the right Therapist. That's how that, I about to ask. Like, do you go with him, or is it like one of those he be in a robot? Cell? Well, he he on the phone. Is it a black therapist? It's COVID. She is black. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, I, I will I will tell you this much: a black male therapist is worth his weight in gold. Like so, my, like I, like my oldest son. It's a female. Should I switch it? I, well, I mean, a fe- a female a female helps, but I, the ideal is you want if you if you're a black man you want a black male therapist because you want somebody that understands your journey. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that way he can give can you that. he can give you advice. He can give you um like like when I'm like when I in therapy, my, my therapist will ask me questions. Like that, because that's all they really do. Like they're not there to kind of like, oh it's okay, you can cry on my shoulder. It's like, okay, how did this make you feel? How are you yeah. processing this? They know the they know the right question yeah, to ask, to ask. they know how to formulate these yeah, because, questions. Because you're doing the work. Yeah. At the end of the day. We don't know how to ask those questions the proper way. Yeah, we don't. Like that's why we, we, we gotta learn that. Now you could probably like how you how the story I yeah. just told. Like mm-hmm. I don't know what made them ask me that way mm-hmm. or like yeah, you know I mean, maybe, but, I don't know. But that, but, but, that's, but, but you, if it if it strike you, if it if if it strike a chord, yeah. Like you know, what I'm saying, like it it can't just be, um, yo, you good? Yeah, you you hit yo you, yo. You can always you, talk to me. You, you hit the jackpot yeah. because yeah, like not everybody hits the jackpot and gets good in laws. I'm, I'm gonna keep it a hundred. That's everybody, true. Not everybody hits the jackpot and gets good in laws. Yeah, that's true. That is that's true. That's how I was with my mother in law. Yeah, I hear you hear people talking about. Oh man, my mother in law is my mother in law. That my mother in law and I was like this. Yeah, my like, mother in law <laughs> just brought us a whole bunch. <laughs> I'm about to eat grits and potatoes for four more days. Even even though my mother-in-law said no, you can tell, like, again, and I told them the story, like, she said no, because when she met me, Mm -hmm. she asked me to get my permit. I didn't get it. Mm -hmm. I told you to get, I told you to do something, you didn't do it, so the answer is no. Oh, okay. When it came time to pay for stuff for the wedding. (laughs) Oh, okay. okay, That was it. Okay. (laughs) When it came time to pay for stuff for the wedding, she dished out bread. Um, after that, she dished out bread. Like it's yeah. never, and it's like she literally. Hey, listen, like I love y'all, and you don't hear that from in laws too often. Yeah, like they, that. Yo, you never hear that from some in laws. My, my mother in law <laughs> is a saint. I will say that. I say that to anybody. Like 
Carol Foreman is a saint. I just said, mm-hmm. Mom, I just put you on a podcast. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, my mother-in-law is a saint, man. And it's like, to get good in-laws, and, and again, that's part of that process. Like, yeah. You need to know how the person that you're about to hitch your entire life to mm-hmm. was loved. When, when I first started facts. cooking, super, mm-hmm. my facts. family wouldn't support, but my in-laws always. Like, when I first, first started, mm-hmm. they didn't support. And I guess it was like a trial, because I come from a family where everybody cooks. Mm-hmm. Um, it don't look right, big fella. We ain't yeah. trying that. <laughs> That's why I'm sorry, dude. <clears throat> Save it from my vows. All right. <laughs> I just said that at least like eight times eight on this podcast. Times. I'll be trying to hold that stuff in. Yeah. But yo, um, I want to first thank you gentlemen for yes, joining us on Yes, greatly appreciate it. Pleasure, we do. Pleasure's we do. all ours. Definitely a lot of wisdom. Facts. That was uh, needed. Good thing there's not going to be a lot of editing. <laughs> Told you don't edit. Just- I'm not. Roll and cut. But, Roll uh, and cut. We got to put all geo big words, though. That's going to be the title. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have fun on social media. Put it all together as one big word. Super califragilistic. But, um, you know what? We're going to do something that we, you know, I want you guys to join as well. We're going to do something that we always do. We call it wife appreciation. We go around and say, say something that you're appreciative of your wife for. Got a Listen, question. What's when up? you go there, do y'all have any questions for us? Oh, yeah. We asked y'all a, a, a million questions. <laughs> um, I, I would say, my, the only thing that I would ask is... Get ready are, for our first four hours. Let's <laughs> 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 no, need you for three days. No, <laughs> I, I think the only question that I would ask is, are you making sure that you are leading your relationship with intention and how. So, I don't know if anybody wants to answer first. I'll just go. It, since it took, mean, me, it okay. took me a oh, long time. He took it. Um, because it was certain things that I wasn't accustomed to when it came to Shar. It was certain, it was a, it was a lot of things I didn't know. Um, like I said, Shar, Shar caught me at the I was at my lowest, my lowest in every form. No self-respect, no love for myself. Uh, probably like months before I met Shar, it was a situation where um, I never said this one on the pod, but room though. Um, one day I was sitting in the room, and I think Ty was probably like three, and my little suicidal stint. I had a, I feel like I did a bid with that. But he walked in when I had the joint in my hand. Walked right back out. And I never said it around him again because I don't, he never, I hope he don't remember it. But um, yeah, like I was really, I was really going through some things, man. So like, I didn't know what I was really getting myself into. Like, that's why I was saying I met Char October 20th, 2016. I was 20 years old. At 30, that's when a lot of things clicked and and it was just like like the way life was going when i hit 30 and it clicked everything went backwards and it was like correct this correct this correct this that's all i was doing i was correcting everything i was going backwards i felt like i was going backwards but i was going forward going back if that makes sense and i was like touching everything fixing that touching that fixing that touching that fixing that to, I, that's what I was doing. To this day, I'm still doing that, and I think it's the the. 
I think is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. So that's why, I've, like, when you say that, mm-hmm. like, I wasn't doing that at all. But now I feel like I'm 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 doing that wholeheartedly. You were saying Kofa in yourself. That's the San Kofa bird. Mm-hmm. Looking back to the past, the bell for the future. Mm-hmm. So for me, um, I do. Like, so yes, now. Um, I'm not going to lie. It definitely took me a while. As we all, as we, as we discussed, my mother was a single mother. Um, she raised me to be a good person. Um, but there are certain things that she was not able to teach me. Um, but trial and error. Like I learned from my mistakes. Um, and now I feel like I'm at that level. I'm still learning each and every day, which I think anybody and everybody should do. But I'm at the level where we do have an intent. We have an intent to, you know, relationship goals, personal goals, things that we need to do as a team to get to where we want to get to, to the mountaintop. Um, and I, I can honestly say maybe three, four years ago, we weren't there. I wasn't there personally. But, uh, you know, trial and error, learning, listening, learning from past mistakes um, has gotten me to where I want to be now within my relationship with my wife. Um, and to this day, again, I'm still trying to do certain things and add certain aspects to um, be the man that my wife um, needs me to be, not wants me to be, because she thinks that she thinks the world of me. But I know she needs me to be her provider when I when I need to, or her support, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And I also want, again, as we stated in our permission to propose, I want her to know that her father, Kairos of Soul, wasn't here for me to even ask him could I marry her. That he has nothing to worry about. I want to continue to take care of us. And if we have a child, our child will not have anything to worry about. Um, because, again, I want to I want to do everything in my power uh, for the both of us. He ain't got to throw no lightning bolts. You know what actually hurt me more? Not even lightning bolt. If some way, somehow, the Cowboys went 17-0 and won the Super Bowl, bro. You know that was him? I knew that was him. I knew that was him. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> walk outside and look up. You play too much. You play way too much. I gotta hear this all, all, all around the world. So for me, um, I'm honest enough to say that in the beginning, I didn't. And part of, part of it was because I did not know what I was doing. Um, I had an idea, but I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and it's actually kind of funny because, um, and it wasn't, it wasn't like it was pressure because it, it was, it, there was, it was never pressure. I'm one of the people, if you tell me to do something, it makes me not want to do it because you told me. You didn't ask me, you told me. Um, and Reg always walked to me like, yo, she the one. That was kind of what, all right, let me, let me try to get right. And then it's like, all right, let me make sure. Like, and he would just say it randomly, like, yo, I told you she the one. Like, when it came time to get married, she, I told you she was the one. I went to Raj, I gave a list of a list of gibberish. I said, I need help with my boss. Was that the first time you ever heard somebody tell you that? That was the first time anyone has ever told me that she was the one. Yo, when when you hear that It just makes you just oh, yeah. And that 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 came Winning. that came from my pop. My pop told me that. Yeah. Like yeah. like my mom ain't tell you, you know how moms get like she ain't say it but mm-hmm. she felt it. But my pop was like, No, she it, man. And I think that's the first time I met her. 
Yeah, because then first time I said that ain't the one. You said first time he said, "Yeah, my dad, my dad said that first time." So Red was always the one. Like he was always like, and it's like people like Red got a good sense of humor, but when he's serious, he's serious. So I'm going upstairs. Red coming downstairs. Coming from the bathroom, she the one. Just randomly out of nowhere, she the one. How you do? You like text? No, it's one just like he's like, "Yo, she the one." Nice and smooth, just like like Obama. He Obama smooth. She the one. Walk off. Walk off. But when in the in the act, like, mm. I don't know, cousin. Like, <laughs> they ain't the one, cousin. Like, yeah. So it's like you know, he's always been like that, like where no. And other people may say, yeah, I like her, but it's it, it's different. Mm-hmm. But once you like, as a man, when you hear that the person you with is the one, and it comes from the right person, yeah. oh, it's ball game. Yeah. So I tried to like shape up before mm-hmm. I got there. Um, never. Ready. never. Yeah. I don't. I don't care how old you are. You I, I don't ready think for a lot of. Children and marriage, I don't think you're exactly. never ready for. I was just about to say that. I, like, no, and I, I desire to have kids one day, but do I ever think I'm ready for kids? No. Like, I don't think. That's, that's a big responsibility. No. I'm not ready to take February is right around the corner. I'm not ready. You want to tell me? You want to keep on telling me? I'm telling you. I'm looking at you like, stop texting me. Like, <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Oh, oh. I don't know. He stopped me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, in the beginning, definitely wasn't. I think part of the reason why it was turned into a six-year engagement. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got super engaged. Bro, he's engaged since I know. <laughs> it took the old hands for him to, like, tell the truth. What do you mean? We already the truth. Yeah, we no. talk about it. He just let like, no, about it. Rip don't. Yeah, I mean, he no. don't indulge. Well, you're true, but we already do the situation. He got engaged before I got engaged, and I got engaged and married before he did. No, yeah. engaged before but me, too. The, the question from an OG had to be asked for him to actually say that. He ain't said that not one time. I did say it was a six-year no. engagement. But you ain't ex- Good. I'm going to... Because watch, he about to say something else. That's good. You got to get real deep. Watch. Watch. Not real deep. For the first time. Uh, philosophical rip. But yeah, I mean... <laughs> PR. Definitely a lot of things that we both had to work out, work on. Me uh, getting certain things situated. Because going into everything, had a certain plan that probably didn't go... Fully the way I wanted it to. Man plans and God laughs. <laughs> Bro. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, things starting to come together the way that it should be now. Mm-hmm. So it definitely was. Difference. The hardest thing about this episode is going to be picking the title. <laughs> I told oh, you. I got title. It's all the title. big words. No, I got title already. All right, just hold it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's in a trailer. All right. It's in a trailer. <laughs> Do you have a question? Um, are age? we doing a wife appreciation segment? Yeah, do. I remember I said I was yeah, going to stop he, he that and see if they had any questions. Hey, do you have any other questions? We didn't ask them a million questions. I'm good. They said they're talking about home. We got nothing. So, so yeah, we're going to just do the wife appreciation real quick. Um, Damn, I normally am ready for this. Um, <laughs> Want me to start? Yo, I won't start. You sure? Go ahead. No, I was passing it over to you. No, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, so I'm appreciative for my wife. I'm appreciative of my wife for uh, allowing me to configure the plan. Yeah, for her to be patient while I'm configuring the plan and then executing the plan. Dak, we next? Yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> Well, hey, what, what happened to the kids? <laughs> it better not be nothing about these kids. Uh, I am appreciative of my wife for, <laughs> I don't know, uh, when Spider-Man released them tickets. I was up till 3 a.m. 
kind of woke her up because a uh, situation arose with uh, us getting the tickets on AMC, and so I actually had to use another card. Had to work her up, get her card. <laughs> you woke up, woke up. <laughs> Yo, you out of pocket, bro. It was, it was my birthday anyway, so technically. <laughs> You was off. Was she off that week with you too? She was off that day. Okay. But we had to get up at, at 6 a.m. and get the kids ready to take them to school. So. <laughs> up till 3 a.m. getting that. Pretty care for now. What? Wait, I need your cars. Terrible, bro. <laughs> terrible, Listen, terrible, terrible, terrible. Them tickets was hot commodities. Yo, so. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. my wife for opening up our home for us this Friendsmas. <laughs> because you know we're gonna do some extra work with the cleaning and I gotta help with the cleaning and the prepping and all that good stuff. She did, so literally she the other day she was like, Yo, I don't have enough room for everybody. I said, Well it's gonna be um Death like two miles. Between nine to ten people. She, so so we was literally like, Alright, we got four at the table, we got three on the couch, two on the left seat, we got two ottomans in the floor. You know, you know I'm good on the floor. <laughs> so but no, um, I just appreciate her, her uh, preparation and planning, man. Um, she already got everything set up for us as far as what we need to do. Preparation. Oh, piss poor piss planning. Piss poor planning prevents, prevents proper preparation. Proper preparation prevents piss poor performance. Oh, my God. That. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, she hit, yo, she gonna kill me because she hits us with that every time. Um, but no, yeah, I definitely appreciate Aunt her for that. <laughs> Go ahead, Aunt. what are you appreciative of your wife for? Uh, I'm appreciative of my wife. Um, I'm appreciative of you, sir, for 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 raising Shara to be the woman that she is, man. Um, he trying to make a nigga cry and all. She could've. Eye contact. We sat up. We called my dad. I don't We're know. Pop. I don't know if you know, Is but she right. she definitely could've left like day six. Like she knew what I was going through the first week that we was that we actually started talking. Yeah, I mean that that day Monty introduced us. I, I I exposed a lot to her, and um, I ain't stopped after that. Like she just kept getting every piece of me because she knew how to handle me. She um she knew how to love me. She she knew how to ask the right questions. Um. That part of that that time, I needed her, man. I I needed her, and um, thank you, thank you. T.Y., oh, stop cutting niggas, bro. Damn, T.Y. we're cutting onions, man. T.Y., stop. If I blink one more time, that joke's coming. I'm like, you ever see Clyde Richards? You bug like? I was trying to hold it on earlier, man. Had us all in here with oh, the juicy man, that's a good one, right? Pass the tissues around for everybody. No, I don't need them. My nose got clogged. <laughs> <laughs> Does it sweat? Woo! Oh, shoot. This, is what, uh, this is what we love about this generation. Yeah, man. You guys are comfortable being emotionally vulnerable. Yeah. Um, and, and, my, and my wife's appreciation post, um, uh, Derry Johnson, I just want you to know that um, 
you are without a doubt the greatest blessing I've ever received in my entire life and that um, the fact that you are holding down what you're holding down um, at work and still managing to you know be a mother and a wife is astounding and um, I just want you to know that I appreciate everything that you are put it like that whoo <laughs> oh man but yeah, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a background I'm sorry that's all right. <laughs> I appreciate my wife for allowing me to be me because a lot of people know yeah. I ain't I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest I ain't too right up here that- <laughs> <laughs> My kids to tell you, boy, I don't know. Don't mess with dad. Leave dad alone. But no, seriously, on a serious tip, she's the love of my life. And I appreciate her for that. After a 20-year separation, we are still legally married. <laughs> and what I appreciate is we always say we raised each other. I appreciate the bond and the relationship that we still have because we are still family. How, and we how, still move how? as a family. How are y'all? We were together 20 years. We've now been separated about 20 years. Because I was 19. But y'all she was still 18. legally married? We're still legally married. Well, I was 12 like, when that happened? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, when we got when we first met, we were 19 and 18. Sheesh. And now I'm now 59. I was 19. Yeah. Wow. That's no, but they still legally married. Yes. That's yes. Crazy. I mean, that means they, that means if they she, found nobody right. to, to jump right. If she wants a divorce, uh, granted, because I'm not, I do that, you do that one time as far as I'm concerned. I ain't doing that anymore. There you go, I'm with him. <laughs> once is enough. Yeah, once, <laughs> is, once enough. is enough. Once is enough. I ain't got another one in me. But, uh, yeah, I, I just appreciate the, the friendship and the bond that we still have. That's what's up. Well, all right. Um, well, all right. We're going to go ahead and... Uh, After all the sniffles and the tears. Yeah, oh, man. T- I did all that just in time. T- <laughs> man, T, why do you to get out there and stuff? Well, why was he cutting onions? <laughs> but no, um, on some serious stuff, uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to another episode of the Black Man oh, Worker Podcast. Um, if you want to follow me on Instagram and Twitter, you can find me at... No, Petty. ain't no if they will. I don't get no options. They will. They okay. Tell them. I haven't had a follow since. <laughs> I got one. <laughs> did. We got one. The, the boy that follow all of us. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. You're right. You're right. You're right. So you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Petty oh, underscore Ruxman, R-U-X-P-1-N. Rick, where can they find you? Lee 128 And you can also find Next Tech at next.tech.llc. Uh, Chef Rome underscore EFT89. Also on Instagram, The Roman Way. Do y'all have a yeah. social handles that yeah, y'all want to give out? I'll give out. I'll give out. Yo, yeah. listen. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> my, t- my father-in-law made a Facebook, took a picture of his ID, <laughs> but he wanted to use the picture of the... <laughs> He don't need one. He don't need one. It's okay. He can come to Social Joe. We'll, we'll take good care of him. Oh, we, was, we thought somebody was like, <laughs> still his identity or something, man. I oh, said, babe, babe, take that man's phone. <laughs> um, I am, I'm available on IG at uh, G.O. Johnson. It's G-E-E underscore Y-O. Uh, underscore J A W N S O N Johnson. So, that's uh, 
Brother, you, you got any, you got social handle? I got none no? for you. I got none you for take you. your kid to St. Kofa. That's what you do. There you go. <laughs> um, A-N-T underscore N dot I dot C dot E. You can follow me on all platforms. Anthony Handy on Facebook. Yeah, I got it. Uh, B-M-M-W podcast on all social media platforms, man. We appreciate everybody from tuning in. Uh, $10. Yeah, we 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 love you. <laughs> Yo, we so you. if you don't, made it to the end, we we got something for you on the pod. Don't do that. No, I, you play too much. We are gonna split this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Give yourself a pat on the back. Yo, so, oh, how about that? How about the first half we release it when we plan to release it, and we release the second half on New Year's Eve, wedding day. Boom. Who releasing it? That's us. us. Everyone gonna be busy. What are you talking about? So Midnight. what? We about no, to release one can, on Christmas. What I can do is... No, no, no. no, 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 no. He can prep it. It's not right. I, yeah, I can, I can schedule it. split it. I can schedule That's, it. Yeah, let's knock him up for the whole holiday. We should have took a break then. We gave him things. Why did you take a break? It was a point in there where we could pause. I'm quite sure it's a part where we could pause that joint and say, stay tuned for part two coming out on. Oh, no, I'm not doing all that. Yeah. So, don't forget, we're still doing the raffle. Um, with the 40 inch TV, no, this ain't, go, this no, ain't going hit. This is going to come out after, dude. No, he's right. This is coming out. This tomorrow. is coming out Wednesday, sir. He got to edit this part now. But now got to edit. Now got to edit. <laughs> no, but we saying the winner on the 21st. This comes. You out. can still buy. This is coming out on Wednesday. The 15th. <laughs> yeah. Buy the ticket. <laughs> anyway, well, that's funny. Well, <laughs> like I was saying. <laughs> yo, I hate y'all, yo, y'all. Like I was saying. Don't forget to buy your raffle tickets. One for $10, three for 25 40 inch insignia, uh, 1080p TV. Uh, Flint 13 Jordan, size 7 for boys. And if you can't fit them, I mean, you can't buy them. Just sell them like everybody else did. Facts. I'm sick of people telling you, they can't fit them. Sell them. Facts. I think Christmas that's why gift. none of my, because I don't got nobody who got kids that wear size 7. Mm-hmm. So you that's just, why you I flip them. Listen, if you buy a $10 pair of Jordans, you can flip them for two twenty five. You just made a $215 investment. All right, ain't nobody. All right, no drugs for two twenty five. You want one bet? Them Flint for Bro, boys, two twenty five. Google it. Yeah, they not even two twenty five. Google StockX. I'm going on Google, Google right now. Google yeah. StockX. Go uh, the sneaker app. But yeah, um, they like two twenty seven on Google. Yeah. So. Why are you looking at sneakers? Rick. Don't be out about it. Rick looks at some Nike slides <laughs> with Stillers on it. Yeah. Yo, we just listen. Yo, we get tired. We get tired. But no. I stay boots in the closet. <laughs> All right, yo. Yeah, thank you for again. I'm thank you for another episode. And until next time, we out. Deuces here. Last but yo, I couldn't tell. Group homes and institutions prepare my uh-huh. for jail. They put me in a situation forcing me to be a man when I was just learning to stand without a helping hand. Damn, was it my fault? Something I did to make a father leave his first kid at seven, doing my first bid. Back on the scene at fourteen, with a scheme to get more green than I'd ever seen in the dream. And by all means, I will be living high off the hog, and I never gave a fuck about much but my dog. That's my only. Ball.